Glittable Podcast. It's a new week in Britain's most famous house, and you could say that the antics are quite high this week. Yes, we are diving in to a brand new shopping task where the housemates are tasked with being an ant colony of all things and everything that unfurls with that. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. The antics were non-stop. I promise I won't give you as many bug-related puns as Big Brother did in this episode. Sorry, Bug Brother did in this few episodes. But let's get into it. Welcome to He's Always Watching, a Big Brother podcast. Before we get into the discussion, dissection and analysis of this episode, just a reminder, I'm not judging these housemates as total people. I'm judging them off the edit we are seeing, so please be kind and don't send any hate. It's only a game show. It's not that serious. Oh my God, it's week three in the Big Brother house. How wild is that? I feel like this series is going by so, so quickly. Boy, do we have a lot to get into this week. So hello and welcome to your next instalment of He Is Always Watching. The bug puns this week have been killing me. And don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, they are great, but I was like, oh, okay, we're in for a pun-filled time this week. What a task. I love a good stupid costume task, and this certainly delivered in that regard. Not even to mention Paul blowing up while dressed as an ant. We'll get to that, I do promise. This has been a really interesting task yet again because we're seeing the power dynamics in the house shifted yet again via a task, which is a consistent theme with this season, and it's really, really interesting to me. This time, we saw the house separated into two teams. And I mean, there have already been cliques forming, in my opinion. Like, there are the, there's a clique of Olivia, Paul, Tom and Kerry, Hallie. Then you've got Jenkin and Chanel. You've got Dylan and Trish. Like, there are already groups kind of forming. That is very obvious and clear. But this took that to, like, a whole new level. I also really loved the finer detail of them having to follow, like, ant paths around the house. I thought that was really funny and really quite stupid. And also, how much do you want to bet the sugar high those housemates experienced is way worse than anything we saw on television? And what's weird is I don't think we saw the sugar kind of overtake them. I was expecting to see hyperactive housemates and I don't really feel like we got that. But this task was very clever. The nests in particular, I love seeing the rivalry about the eggs. The eggs are really the star of this task and boy did they ruffle some feathers. I have never seen somebody gets so angry while also be busting for a bathroom as with Kerry. That was a really interesting moment for me because I was like, are you really this angry about this? Or are you deliberately playing up for the cameras? I think that has been the side effect of the get Kerry out is everything Kerry does now. I am like, is this genuine or are you doing a thing here? And I mean, it was something I touched on 
I think, last week. But it's becoming abundantly clear when she's on versus when she's just being, if that makes sense. Somebody else who this week really ruffled some feathers before we get to the main person is Noki. Now, not only did Noki have the infamous argument with Paul, but Jordan is also a little on the fence with Noki, as I said in our last episode. But I think it's been interesting watching her with a bit of a fine-tooth comb this week because I have been paying close attention. And I think what's really interesting is she... It's coming across to me in this edit that she can't seem to break past that pageant exterior. It's almost like there's a... There's a, like a wall of perspex between Noki's personality and Noki that she presents to her housemates and indeed the public. I'm not saying she she's fake. I just think there's a level of highly polished sincerity and it's not necessarily that real, which I think is interesting. I think she means well and I actually still really like her, but I don't ever think we will get to see Noki with her guard down. I think there's always going to be a level of guardedness while she is in this house. All right, without tiptoeing around any longer, let's dive in to the argument between Olivia, Noki, and Paul while they're all dressed as ants. You really can't make this show up, can you? This was utterly ridiculous. A man being angry about everyone being so serious while simultaneously everybody is dressed in these stupid costumes. This was deranged, and look, I understand that he was tired. I get it, because it doesn't seem like any of them are really sleeping that well at all when it comes to that bedroom between Paul, Tom, and their antics as a pair, and then you've got Jenkins snoring. Well, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. But then you also have to wonder why Paul isn't being more respectful when it comes to bedtime boundaries, Paul. But anyway, back to the argument. This was just really absurd and something that only, I believe, Big Brother could pull off. It's just not every day you see everybody dressed as a goddamn ant having a stupid argument. And for once, I'm actually on Olivia's side. I think Paul made himself look like a complete and utter ass, which I'm sure we've all done when we are exhausted. But also, like, mate, go to the diary room, simmer down, calm down. It's not that serious. It's really not. So it was interesting for me to see him kind of explode like that. I don't think it's done him any favours when it comes to nominations. I think he could well be up. By the time this episode goes out, you will already know the nominations because that's just the way the structure of this show is working. We will talk nominations and evictions in part two. So you'll get all that goodness in one, but I don't think it's done him any favours. And it's actually left me liking Olivia, which is something I find very odd to say. Very odd indeed. But if we're going to talk arguments, we have to talk about Trish and Chanel and that whole drama with 
what is being alleged as an innocent joke, but I can completely understand how Chanel feels like she's being painted a certain way because they have no control over this edit. Obviously, it hasn't come out that way, but it could have. And I feel for Chanel because she's just kind of been there and been reasonable to everybody, and this felt like an unnecessary attack from Trish. I like Trish. I really do. I think she's very entertaining. And this kind of disappointed me. It's one thing seeing her beef with the boys, but being so... needlessly attacking, given there's already a gender imbalance happening in this house with more girls now than there are boys. So I'm like, was that really necessary? It's not an even split anymore. Like, do you really need to do this, Trish? And obviously it was played off as, oh, it's a joke, it's a joke. But I feel like that's the same defence that Paul makes. Or that a lot of these housemates are making when they actually get called out on their shit is, oh, it's a joke, oh, I didn't mean it, oh, it's a joke, oh, I didn't mean it. Or maybe think a little bit before you say things. And, I mean, these housemates were media trained, so I'm just like, how did this happen? Like, didn't you have training before you went into this house? Maybe nobody listened, or maybe they just don't care. I... A little confused. A little confused. This just seemed really unnecessary to me. And I, I'm very disappointed that it was Trish at the helm of this issue. But let's dive in to the back end of this task now. Because we know the result. And I think the result itself is going to ruffle some feathers. Obviously, for the major part of this task, they had to put together a puzzle while wearing noise-cancelling headphones, getting non-verbal directions from their various queens. I think Chanel obviously did a better job of this. Noki was, I believe, in her own head. This was a very interesting task anyway. I like the noise-cancelling headphone element to this. In fact, just the entirety of the task budget this season so far has been top tier chef's kiss in terms of execution. I'm very impressed. But I think this task gets interesting when you then take into account that neither team completed this puzzle challenge within the allotted time. Which means regardless, they're all landing on an economy budget for the second week running. If nerves weren't already frazzled, they are going to be? Like, if Paul's already angry now, imagine another week on rations. No, thank you. This is not going to end well. There is going to be, mark my words, I feel like there is going to be several screaming matches and more people breaking rules. It just... It's going to be chaos, and I'm here for it as a viewer, but living through it is going to be a nightmare. I know I don't function the best when I haven't eaten well, so I I do feel for them. But before we wrap 
this episode of He's Always Watching, I want to talk about somebody who surprised me, and not necessarily in a good way. Jenkin promised a lot of big game in that VT, and to be honest with you, he's not delivering. I don't really know what he expected Big Brother to be as an experience, but he is just coming across as a bit miserable, and that is really unfortunate to watch. It just it isn't making for good TV for me, and apparently he's missing his family. But I'm like, I'm sorry, you spoke such big game, and it's classic Big Brother, isn't it? They speak such big game in these VTs of I'm gonna stir the pot, I'm an instigator, blah blah blah, and they just don't do it. And I think Jenkin is our example of that this season. And I'm like, can you step up to the plate? Like you're getting annoyed at everybody for smaller things. There were thousands of people that applied for this show. If you're not going to buck up and enjoy the experience, then leave. Call a Leo Sayer and get out the fire exit and leave because I'm getting really tired of watching this misery. Like, don't get me wrong, the other housemates are having ups and downs, but he just seems on a general slope of, I don't give a crap, this is annoying, this is boring, I don't feel like me. Misery for the entirety of the past three weeks. And yes, he had a rocky start, but even now with all these clothes, he just seems miserable. And I'm like, if you don't want to be there, please just leave and let them replace you. Enough. Enough already. But on that delightfully cheerful note, thank you for joining me for another episode of He's Always Watching, a Big Brother podcast. Oh, what a week it's been already, hey? Housemates dressed as ants, arguing while dressed as ants. Like, perfect. Just perfection. We are clearly seeing these housemates unravel more day by day by day. It's going to be really interesting to see who they put up. I've already seen that somebody's in jail. I think it's Yinrun. If it's Yinrun, we are going to have a lot to talk about on Friday. There is probably going to be a half an hour episode. This cast is just phenomenal, even though I have just kind of whinged about one of them. They are. They're a really captivating group to watch. These shows are being really well put together. This feels how Big Brother should feel. It's just good. It's just so good. It's so good. This is Big Brother and it's back. And we love to see that, right? So thank you for joining me. If you enjoy these episodes, please go leave me a rating on whatever podcasting app you're listening on. And come say hello over at He's Always Watching on Instagram and Threads. I would love to chat about this series with you. But I will see you very soon when we talk all things nominations and evictions because I'm sure that's going to ruffle some feathers and we will talk all about it, don't you worry. Please take care out there. And remember, Big Brother's not the only one who's always watching. See you soon. Glitterball Podcasts.